It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. The Hawks got punched in the mouth and they ain't know what to do. And now that he is officially QB1, we know the rookie is ready, but is his O-line ready? And last but not least, and for the culture, RG3, bro, you just be trying too hard. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I just want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online. T, the Hawks got their behinds kicked. We talked about this game being a game that the Hawks can maybe bounce back. But yeah. what we did mention that, you know, the Lando Magic were coming in this bad boy on a three-game winning streak. So, I think that uh, Orlando was like, uh, yeah, we don't care what y'all trying to do. We don't care how, what kind of track y'all trying to get back on. But it just seems like the Hawks weren't ready for what the Orlando Magic were bringing last night. Yeah, they went in very lackadaisical, almost as if they assumed, hey, because we blew you out twice. And although the first game has just a 10-point differential, it was a blowout. It was just trash points at the end so two blowouts from the hawks against the magic this season i just think they went in and said hey we got this and the magic said i beg to differ we are coming together as a unit and we have something to say although we are eight and 20 we're still an up-and-coming team because to your point they managed to put together a string of wins that let's face it we've only seen one time for the from the hawks this season right And, and then when you think about giving up 50 points in the first quarter like and 76 points in the first half. I'm sitting here, but like, am I watching the all star game full of guys that you know, the uh, top picks, top five picks? It seemed like the Lando Magic got like 70 uh, top five, top five picks on their, on their roster. But you know, you talk about it, just seems so similar to last year, right? Because we know with yes. DeJounte Murray being out of the lineup, and that's a big deal. I think that's a big factor, right? And, and you, it just this team looked like they did last year. No yeah. defense, no closing out on three pointers. Like a, a Markel Fultz was getting to the paint as if it was nobody there. Even with Clint Capella right. in the starting lineup, it, mm-hmm. it's just this team. It's, like you said, this team was just seemed disjointed. And, yeah. and I think that Nate McMillan kind of said it best. Like this team, we got we got punched in the, in the mouth and didn't know how to respond. Yeah, and it's interesting because. When I think about it, and I just kind of did a comparison contrast on the lineups, and I mean, it's virtually similar minus DJ, but I would have to say this. Yes, not having DJ there is a big, big deal, but you didn't go into the game thinking you had him. So at some point, you've got to figure out as a unit who's going to account for his, say, 20 points and eight boards, couple of steals, and his assists, like who's going to account for all of his two-way play. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the case, Jarvis, that one player does it. In fact, yeah, one for one type situation, yeah. committee, right, especially if you're doing about by committee with folks that are coming off the bench, but I'm not going to sit here and allow you, not you personally, but sit here and allow for the excuse of, well, they didn't have DJ. Well, you know what? 
you had people, you had players who were playing at the four and who were playing at the five. So why in the world were the magic players able to just, like you said, get in that paint, but also you allowed them to hit six straight points out of the gate. So, I mean, you didn't even, you let them set the stage and I believe three of those were three pointers. So, right. I mean, you set that stage early and even when you battled back to get the lead down to eight, it seemed like even at that point, the Hawks thought, oh, well, okay, we got this. We got it back down to eight. We're good here. No, you're not. Because then Terrence Ross comes back down and hits the three and they go right back off on you. Right back like your little 22 to eight run or whatever it was, like it never happened. And I think Terrence Ross has a serious disdain for the Atlanta Hawks because he used to do the same thing when he played for the Raptors. Like, oh, <laughs> like yeah. that dude was lights out against the Hawks for some odd reason. And they think that – and. And and that's the thing that you have to be concerned about, right? Like, and because um, Nate McMillan was asked after the in the um, post game press conference about mm-hmm. how do you get your guys ready, and right. his response was great. I thought it was just uh, quintessential Nate McMillan. He mm-hmm. said, "You have to be ready," meaning yeah. the players. The players yeah. have to get themselves ready. They have to be ready. He's going to do everything right. he possibly can from a game plan standpoint and get those guys prepared, but. If you don't if you don't come out there with your your mentals in the right situation, which it wasn't, obviously, um, that's on you. That's on the players. And I and I think that and I hate that this conversation is gonna lead to what I'm about to get ready to yeah. bring up as far as yeah. Nate McMillan being let go, or he is he gonna be the guy to fall on the sword? And I'm tired of coaches falling on the sword for this team because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. And before we even get to the coaching piece, I also want to add this. I feel like the Hawks are playing a very dangerous game of playing down to their competition. But right now you're the competition that everybody is playing kind of down to because you're playing as if you're an elite team. So you're starting to become that competition where the elite teams are coming in like, Oh, okay. I mean, whatever. So you're, you're slowly but surely talking yourself, playing yourself out of the conversation of where these elite teams are. And we got to remember, yes, it is very early in the season, But when you are playing divisional and conference games, you have to take them seriously with an Eastern conference that is so top heavy. And all you're trying to do is get in that top four to at least get an opening round series at home. And you darn sure don't want the play in tournament. But if you don't take these games seriously and understand that any team can beat you on any given night. Now, I believe that absolutely you don't see who you really are right now. You're not the elite competition. You're the ones that people are looking down on and saying, ah, okay, we might play down to them tonight, which brings us to your point of, but you have to play the game because Nate McMillan, it's, and you tell me this Jarvis, I feel like with football, you can have a coach to motivate the players and really get them going, you know, riling them up with those speeches. Basketball is not that way. No. Players really, they bring each other out. They bring each other up. They force each other to bring their A game. So <laughs> I feel like it's unfair for Nate McMillan to take the L for this, but it's starting to feel like a decision is going to have to be made that will have major implications to trying to get this team on the right ship. And like you said, it's the NBA. Players don't get fired. Coaches do. Absolutely. At the end of the day. And I and I think that that's what I don't want to see because I like Nate. I think Nate brings something to the table. He brings some credibility, you know, instead of, you know, going out, going outside of the organization during the middle of the season. Like, what does that look like? 
you know, or, or do you, you know, make somebody the interim coach? And what does that look like? I don't right. know. I just don't like the look of that. I don't like yeah. I don't think the end result will be what you want if you were to go that route at this juncture. So I, I think that you get the guy who I feel is the leader of this team, and that's Dejounte Murray. Yeah, I'm Trey Young. You're not the guy. You're not the leader right now. I don't. I don't. I just don't see it. it, mm -hmm. it and he hasn't proven that to me yet. So I think once Dejounte gets back into the fold, I hopefully this this team can get going. But like you said, you got some games coming up. You got the Orlando Magic again. You got the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow. Yeah. So you have some games to get get right. And I'm not saying they're games they're supposed to win because what right. I saw last night, I'm not gonna. I can't. There's no way in the world. I can say it again. Seeing what I saw last night, I can say they're supposed to beat the Orlando, uh, beat the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Nah, like this is a game that you can win if you come correct. And if they, the Hawks don't come correct, they could take another L against another bad team. So. And then eventually the conversation is going to start changing. Like you mentioned, this is this is going, this is a bad team because they're falling but under 500 for the first time in this season. This is what we're looking at. And this is what it is. And I think right now it is it is what it is when it comes to Atlanta Hawks. Now, T, you know people trying to win some money, right? And and, and you know the, the Falcons play the New Orleans Saints on Sunday yes. in New Orleans. In so if you're trying to figure out. How to get some money? Go to betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. And when you think about Desmond Ritter starting, what does that mean? Are the New Orleans Saints prepared for? Can they prepare for the guy? What kind of film do they have on? Are they gonna have to go back to the preseason to see what's going on? So those may be factors as to. How many points are scored in this game? So mm -hmm. I need you to do. Go to Bet Online. It continues to be the top online source for all your sports wagering information, for live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They got you covered. You guys come to us each and every day for all your ATL sports needs. For all your sports wagering information, go to betonline.net. And what I want you to do, one last request. Go to Bet Online today or use your mobile device. You know you got that thing in your hand right now as we're speaking. You probably listening to us through, uh, through your through your mobile device or watching us on your phone through your mobile device. Learn more about the action happening today because bet online is where the game starts. So we're getting closer and closer to the first start for Desmond Ritter at QB one for the Falcons. Right, got the official word yesterday. The official official. Uh, that Marcus Mariota is done for the season, and we suspect done with his Falcons career. So Desmond Ritter, time to Chronic shine. Chronic knee injury. Yeah, time to shine, Desmond Ritter. So yes. I think with him, we have someone whom we can be confident in. So many of the players, even Drake London, got a chance to hear from him yesterday. He talked a lot about the preparation that they have done offseason and all throughout the year. Yes. We heard great things from Tyler Algier just before that. So you you kind of feel like, okay, okay, rookie, we think you're ready. The question is, especially with you getting Elijah Wilkinson back, he's been taking uh, reps with the first team. Is this offensive line ready to give Desmond Ritter what he needs so that he can be set up for success on Sunday? I absolutely wholeheartedly believe it. And I think that 
you bringing up Elijah Wilkinson is a great point because you got some stability there, right? Because I think he brought stability to that position because that mm -hmm. was the biggest question. Who's going to be the starter at left guard? Is Jalen Mayfield going to be back there? Is that because we all know that was insane. That's the definition of insanity, trying to do the same thing, trying to get a different result. And we know that Jalen Mayfield wasn't the answer. And Elijah Wilkinson, yeah. we got a chance to talk to him uh, leading up to the season and what I gather from him, and I know mm -hmm. you probably felt came away this feeling yeah. the same way as well. I was impressed. I was mm -hmm. impressed by his knowledge of the game and, and what he wants to do, and what he knew exactly what he came in here for, and that was yeah. to be a guy that you can count on. And I mm -hmm. think that I was pretty, pretty pleased when he, in the first few games um, when he was in there at left guard. So I think that is a big key, you know, and putting some stability right there. And mm -hmm. then you got Drew Dahlman. Who's still in there? You know, like, ain't nothing you can do about that. That's what it is, what it is. And I, but I think that having somebody that you don't have two guys you have to worry about right there in the middle of the offensive line, I think that's going to be something that's going to really help um, Desmond Ritter and the run game. The run game is going to be very key for him. Re not necessarily for as far as rushing yards and not getting all the attempts and all that stuff. Obviously, you want to be able to average four between four to five yards a pop. That's going to help a lot. But when it comes time to take a shot down the field, because yeah. Arthur Smith talked about pushing the offense. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why he won Desmond Ritter in the game. Yeah. Remember the word. I think I think uh, Arthur Smith was being very prophetic right there. Mm -hmm. Pushing. Pushing the ball down the field. We know that's what Marcus Mariota, he struggled with at, at a lot of times. He's one of the yeah. worst quarterbacks in the league as far as uh, completion percentage um, ball um, thrown down the field 20 plus yards that's that's a fact and I, we've seen that and i've seen it with my own eyes and i looked at the number so i think that desmond ritter can be in that one aspect of the game mm -hmm. and he's going to help push this offense where arthur smith wants us to be yeah and hopefully he will and it'll be interesting to see what happens with caleb mcgarry for round two can he keep cam jordan away <laughs> Yes. Because yes. Cam Jordan's been the problem. Let's let's wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold, hold on, T. You got to be respectful of Cam now. Like I don't like the, the New Orleans Saints, but you got to be respectful. His name is Daddy when it comes to Caleb. Uh, he, Caleb McGarry has referred to Cam Jordan as Daddy because hey, you got to block Daddy today. You got to block Daddy on Sunday. That's yeah. that. That's that's, that's, that's that's at the end of the day, you got to block Daddy. Block exactly. Daddy on Sunday, uh, Caleb. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean seriously, like he's had his number. For years, I mean, ever since he stepped on the field, right? right. I mean, before Matt Ryan, I felt like Matt Ryan was just triggered. Like every yes. time he saw Cam Jordan or just heard oh. that name, triggered. Oh, oh, yeah. Cam Jordan! Oh. It's gonna happen again. It's happening again. And granted, we all chuckled and in yes. amazement, like the first couple of quarters of Game One in Week One, right? We we're like, uh oh, right. Cam Jordan sure is quiet today. Oh, Cam, like, wait a minute. <laughs> By that midway through that third quarter, going into that fourth quarter, he he, the giant was awakened. So to he's, me, that's probably alive. the biggest right. The sleeping giant was awakened. So that's the biggest challenge. I feel like the offensive line has to take into account. Right. If you can keep Cam Jordan just honest, just honest, just give Ritter an opportunity, I think you'll be fine. Because if you give him that, I feel like Drake London can do whatever he needs to do against the likes of Marcus Lattimore. Like, I don't think that he's going to be a problem because I, I actually watched a couple of routes that were run early uh, in that game in week one. 
And honestly, if Marcus Mariota would have put the ball where it was supposed to be, Drake London would have been fine because he was blowing away really the whole second, the entire secondary for the thing. So I think that's one of those things where, again, if he can just get that one or two seconds just to find his guy or read through his progressions, I think he'll just be fine. But that's up to the O-line to give him that. And also, like you said, make those holes that CP and Algier can run through so that all the pressure is not on Ritter. And, and T, I think you can bring up a great point because um, in watching, I got a chance to check out Desmond Ritter's press conference um, earlier this morning. And like when he was asked about Drake London, mm-hmm. like it kind of reminded me of Nate McMillan when the first mm-hmm. time he was asked about DeJounte Murray, he just saw a smile. Yeah. yeah, he was just like, yeah, I got my mother black. Oh, I can't, re- I'm ready to go. And yes. I feel like Desmond Ritter feels like he has that in um, Drake London because the, the smirks on his face, the smile, mm-hmm. he just lit up when you, he was asked about Drake. He's like, that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, yeah, don't be surprised if Drake get a, a couple extra targets. Not saying that he ain't going to rock with everybody else. Alameda's mm-hmm. kids is definitely formidable. But I, I, I think that, you know, and Cardale Hodge as well. But I think that that chemistry that those guys – solidified in rookie minicamp is going to is going to pay out. I think we're going to see the benefits of that against yeah. New Orleans on Sunday for sure. Yeah. Now, if you want to hear more about this game, because it's interesting, it's compelling because there's still a wide open race in the NFC South. I can imagine they're talking about it on Locked On Sports today because they want to give reaction to the biggest stories. They want to follow the biggest stories as well. And this is one of them. This is a storyline probably unlike anything else in the NFL, at least. And if you look at the NBA game night a couple nights ago, the Lakers looked good, but not good enough to beat the Celtics. So I'm sure they'll give you reaction on games like that. Or we definitely know Steph Curry uh, had a shoulder injury. And how is that going to impact the war? Warriors and the race in the Western Conference the rest of the year. Check them out. They'll give you their reaction on the biggest stories. But also, you guys know we have for the culture right here on ATL Day Ones. They've got take of the day and it's about the same. They'll give you all the tea in their take. So again, that's Locked On Sports today. You can check them out as soon as you finish checking out ATL Day Ones on the Odyssey app at YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Now, Jarvis, speaking of this race in the NFC South, yes, there are different percentages. Falcons obviously have the smallest percentage to win, followed by the Saints, and then the Bucks and the Panthers are actually trending up. So we're in that final stretch where everybody has four games amongst those four teams. You're looking at the schedule, you're looking at the rosters, you're looking at the teams that control their own destiny, i.e. the Panthers and the Bucks, and you really think to yourself, Who's the favorite in the division right now? Let me let me just kind of read this off to you. So the Bucks, you know, of course, they they are six and seven, and they've got the Bengals at home. They've got the Cardinals. They travel to Arizona, but we know they're down Kyler Murray, so that could make a difference. They're visiting the Panthers, the ones that are on trending up the best. And of course, they end the season right here in Atlanta. Now your Panthers, five and eight, but that five and eight is sneaky good for what Steve Wilkes has been able to do the past several weeks, right? They host the Steelers, they host the Lions. Lions are trending up. Got to watch that one. They go to the Bucks, and then they go to the Saints. And then, of course, the Saints, it's the Falcons here. I'm sorry, uh, Falcons in New Orleans. They go to the Browns. They go to the Eagles. So that's going to be tough. And then, of course, they come back um, at the end of the season. And I think they play maybe the Bucks uh, that last. Yeah, Bucks. That's their last game. So, Jarvis, now that I've laid it out from a schedule perspective, we know everybody's roster challenges and we know who's in control of their own destiny. 
who's really the favorite in this division right now? To be honest with you, if you talk, if you ask from a, a momentum standpoint, um, I, I think I, I would go to Carolina Panthers because, like I you said, yeah, because Steve Wilkes has been done has done a hell of a job, and I think he's, I think he may have earned that 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 head coaching gig to get that interim tag removed, and I would love that because, and I'm gonna just be blunt here. Well, hey, hey, a brother getting a second chance, I'm all for that. Yeah. No doubt about it, because I think he got ramrodded, you know, okay. uh, out there in Arizona. And I think that, hey, y'all did Steve Wilkes that way. Y'all need to do Cliff Kingsbury the same way, because that dude cannot – he's not a good head coach. I don't give a crap. Especially not at this from a, Yeah, yeah. And he went on that one at a, at a college level either, T. I ain't going to give him that either. I'll let you have that. You can do that, but I ain't giving, I ain't giving him that either. He was the average head coach in college, and he's less than average in the NFL. So, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I think the Panthers, the way they're running the football, mm-hmm. I think this time of year is, is is a time of year where you start to see that balance start to pay off, right? And I think that Carolina is coming around. Sam Darnold's been inserted into the lineup. Hey, he mm-hmm. doesn't have to carry that offense. He can just turn yeah. around and hand that bad ball, bad boy off to Chuba Hubbard. And they got guys they picked up off the practice squad out there just balling. So I think that Carolina has a really good chance to win a division. I don't think Tom Brady, he's got he's lost it. He doesn't have it. I don't yeah. think and not them not being able to or refusing to run the football. Run the football and yeah. they can't because they're down in game so much. So the defense is really. I just think the way and then the Falcons, and like as much as I hate to admit this, like they changing quarterbacks. We don't know what we're gonna get for Ritter. I think right. there he can be able to do some good things, but is he gonna be able to carry this team to win four straight games and, mm-hmm. and still? Be crossing your eyes and, and and saying hell mary's trying to win the winning division because that's the only way they're getting in let me go ahead yeah. and say that so yeah i think the panthers are that, are that squad mm-hmm. and i think that you know uh the falcons are going to be hard pressed to win this division and, and we know that that's the only way they're going to get in exactly because when we talk about it i also think advantage panthers because of their schedule because right. the bucks could easily go one and three easily go one and three in this last stretch and we know that would completely take them out right and you look at the saints and they're just so topsy-turvy i mean you really don't know what to kind of make of them on both sides of the ball so i don't really give them much of a chance either but with the falcons not easy you're talking saints and it's still going to be hostile in new orleans so you just don't know how that's going plus coupled with the fact that it is going to be desmond ritter getting his sea legs wet next week and then you've got the ravens that you got to travel to Baltimore to take on Cardinals. That might be a doable game for you. Yeah, yeah, you could win the Cardinals and maybe you could pull off the Bucks because they're trending down. But I don't think going two and two in the last four games is going to get it for you. I really, really don't think so. But the saga of the NFC South probably stresses you out. I can understand Falcons fans. It probably stresses you out. But there's an easy remedy to that. All you have to do is get a built bar. If you get a built bar and go to built.com and check that out, It'll soothe all your woes and all your worries. So it is 100% real chocolate. We know you love that. Not so believable. (laughs) Grams of fat, which is awesome if you are trying to keep those pounds off, especially trying to balance it out with all of this holiday food and 15 grams of protein, which is really cool. So again, check out Built Bars. The puffs are awesome. Check out the puffs. And that is at built.com. You can use the locked on 15 code and that will get you 15% off your first order. And again, it is, I'm looking at the clock, looking at the calendar, December 15th. You have 10 days to get all your Christmas gifts. Why don't you get some built bar, all the built bar stuff you can get, all the built bar material and merchandise and go ahead and make them stocking stuffers because 
that's a good look for you. And I'm sure your family members will approve. Absolutely. Locked on Sports Atlanta family. I have to change my tone because I'm being real serious right here. If you want to get in contact with the program, that's ATL Day Ones. That's this show. Email us at atldayones at gmail.com. atldayones at gmail.com. That is how you get in contact with the show. We're trying to work on something here. So go ahead and email us. Just say anything. Just say hi. You can just put hi in the, in the, comment, in the comment section, right? And we'll respond. I promise you. It might not be Tanitra, but I'll make sure I respond because, you know, she's a busy woman. She's a Jamaican. She got like 80 jobs. So, yeah, uh, but T, this is <laughs> for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Some of y'all think I'm I'm joking. I'm dead serious. She has a lot yeah. of jobs. <laughs> it is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture sometimes. Whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Um, Today is no different. Uh, Talked about RG3 trying a little bit too hard. I think this is the perfect example t because he dropped a uh a word i'm not gonna repeat it that starts with j and ends with o and it was a term that was used to describe black folks back in the day and we're not gonna get into what they thought about folks back back in the day who, who said those type of things but uh and but he did come out and apologize though and say that that's not what he meant to say and you know i don't know if i necessarily believe that but I think RG3 really don't have a good idea who he is. And, and, and I think that by doing, throwing these, these metaphors and these jokes in his analysis, T, I just don't, th- I don't think it, it's, I don't think it's authentic. I think yeah. if that's the way, if I can put it into words, I don't think it's authentic. I don't think that's who you really are. And mm-hmm. I think you need to find out who that is as you grow as a broadcaster. broadcaster. Yeah, and there are certain spaces and places where I'm sure RG3 will fit fine. I really don't think HBCU football is the answer because, again, you have to have a certain level of comfortability and identity with the culture, and that is football culture, black college football culture, HBCUs, and all of the celebration of being a black person in that space. I don't know where there's a qualification, if I can use that word, from RG3 that puts him in the booth to have a conversation. When right. you're talking about, for example, what Jay does or, or, or what Tiffany Green does, like their HBCU grads. They lived it. They lived it. They lived it. And so it's a passion <laughs> point for them, right? And I'm yeah. not saying that it's going to be that way for everything because you know, you could make the argument that those of us who haven't played sports, like how can you call a game? So there are definitely things that you can do that help you to get acclimated to your new job. But I haven't seen anything like, I don't see him posting about traveling to an HBCU and kind of finding out what the culture is and understanding for us, a football game is never just a football game. Like, you telling mm. us X's and O's without some serious antidotes related to H- the HBCU experience, like you said, it just comes across as just not authentic. And mm. I think sometimes the cult, I think sometimes society has to be careful not to make black people a monolith because yeah. just because well, you're black, yeah. yeah, just because you're black doesn't mean that you have the black college experience. No right. pun intended, yeah. girl Keisha Kelly. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yes, yes, because Keisha. 
Keisha, that girl, Keisha, she's 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 a, a thousand percent HBCU, and I think that she's more than willing to call people out if they're not on brand and what is what needs to be said and what, what needs to be put out there. So I think that you know, hey, RG three man, stop trying too hard. Yeah, like, just be who just you call are. the game. Yeah, just, just call, call the game. The game. Call the game straight because you gonna get yourself in trouble dropping words like you did and yeah. i don't care if you apologize you said it you meant it it made sense because i understand what the the use of the word is mm -hmm. and i understand what if you're trying to call people a certain thing yeah I, I, we get it we get it mm -hmm. so you know some some don't get it and they don't need to get it and we don't need to be bringing that to light in that particular situation so yes, yes. have several seats sir thank yeah. you there's a time and a place for that kind of commentary, and that was not it. But listen, we're going to have some exciting, exciting things going on tomorrow. We are going to be down at the Celebration Bowl. So, you guys, if you're down there, please come and say hello to us. We'll be on yeah. Radio Road tomorrow Straight for a little up. bit, and then we're going to yeah. move over to the bins and kind of join the press conferences and check out some of the practices for North Carolina Central as well as for Jackson State. So, again, if you are down there getting all that Celebration Bowl experience tomorrow, if you you see Jarvis, if you see me, please stop by and say what's up. We're going to talk a little celebration bowl. We hope to have some special guests for you guys. And also, maybe we'll talk about how the Hawks can try their best to turn this thing around. And we'll, of course, give you guys a little Falcons Friday ahead of Sunday's game. Y'all make sure y'all come back now, you hear? Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.